the Jaguars need to extend Trevor Lawrence. He might have a deal before Lamar Jackson long-term. I'll talk about it here in just a second on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining me, Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast for another edition of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. It is your daily Jaguars podcast, and we thank you for making us your first listen because it's your team every day. Um, I want to get into something really, really fast. I have to also let you know to uh, you can subscribe for free to the YouTube page, the Locked On Jaguars YouTube page, and make sure you hit the like button and tap in on that and then audio wise wherever you get your podcast with on all platforms make sure you check them out daily so you don't miss anything all right i'm going to talk trevor lawrence today that's a good subject for us to have here it's a good conversation for us to have trevor lawrence uh i think he's going to be due um this is his third season i think it's time for them to do a contract extension and i know first round picks you know teams can go all the way to the fifth year option you say why do it now you're not tearing up his old deal. You're giving him a new deal, and you're just giving him some money early, and that deal's going to all be, already be in place. I think he's going to break the bank. Uh, they may wait for Joe Burrow to to, to move. Burrow is a, a year ahead of Trevor Lawrence, so you might see Joe Burrow first, but I was told that this is the year where you usually see some movement on, on something like that where you just don't play with it and you get out in front of it and you go ahead and give him a contract, or at least – start to discuss it i want to ask i, I want to bring up today broach the possibilities that this is motivated by all of the lamar jackson talk trust me if trevor Lawrence was on the market uh the way lamar jackson was i think three quarters of the league would be trying to get him and would trying to offer him a deal um with the franchise tag or whatever i'm not gonna turn this into a whole lamar jackson commentary or whatever but I, I do believe that perception and the way things are, are handled and tr the tradition it means a lot to those older owners and trying to do something different and uh do it in a different manner i think is, is hurting lamar jackson right now i'm not saying he's wrong i'm not saying he's wrong i've said that on locked on nfl if you tune into the locked on nfl podcast you'll hear me say that but I wanted to bring this subject to our listeners here because I said the Jags might have a lot of problems, but quarterback ain't one of them. And I do mean that they have their franchise quarterback. And um, from uh, what it appears is he's going to be here an awful long time because of the way um, the organization has moved since he, since he got here, everything wasn't perfect. They overcame a lot, but I think Doug Peterson had a lot to do with uh, Trevor Lawrence showing his potential, especially in the second half of the season. So I want to discuss what the what's going on with Lamar Jackson. What does that have to do with Trevor Lawrence? And how does it make you feel about Trevor Lawrence? And what if Trevor was in a similar situation? Would you take his side or would you take the side of the owners when it comes to him asking for a guaranteed contract? Um, I've always said fans take the side of the team over players. And this one, I don't believe that that's what's going to happen. I'm going to let you know uh, – in segment two, 
uh, that Calais goes to the A and what that means. And then in segment three, I want to find out. Uh, I'm going to do a think piece right here live in front of you and let you know if I'm troubled. Yes. By the fact that the Jaguars pass rush is like the number one priority. And as soon as uh, Doug Peterson was asked that, that's what flew out of his mouth. Are you bothered by that? When they have a number one overall pick and a number seven overall pick as their edge rushers and uh, what else can they do to make them better um so that that isn't a priority and not only that they have the, where those guys were picked they like both of them they like both of them an awful lot and uh, josh allen of course is playing on a fifth year option as well so we'll discuss all of that here today but first and foremost is going to be about trevor lawrence if trevor lawrence was lamar jackson right now asking for a, a fully guaranteed contract how fans feel you know how I think fans will feel? I think fans will feel just fine. And they'd say, give him what he asked for. To not have – the Ravens won two Super Bowls over the years with a bad quarterback and a quarterback who got hot, right? Maybe they're a little bit spoiled and they don't believe in order to win a championship. They have two – they have two – they have to in the last 20 some odd years that you don't have to sell yourself short and give a guaranteed contract to a quarterback because you won two without an all world quarterback. I think they're naive. I think this could have been handled a little bit differently, but I also going to put some of the onus on Lamar because if you want it handled better or differently, then can you really do something as different as not having an agent as a quarterback and demanding a fully guaranteed contract. I, I just think that in this thing, Lamar is the one that's asking and moving differently than the NFL is used to, which is fine. But this is the result that you get. I'm sure that in this case, if it were Trevor Lawrence, the fans would be on the side of Trevor Lawrence and everybody would be telling Shaq Khan and uh, Trent Baalke, uh, they better fix it they absolutely better fix it so the way you fix that is to avoid it and you give them a contract extension right now and i think right now or you need to be right on the heels of joe burrow but if you give him a contract extension right now i honestly believe that he would become the highest paid uh, player in nfl history that's why i think they might wait to burrow who's a year ahead of him and who's been to the super bowl and to the afc championship game they might wait on that or they might get ahead of it. But usually it's always the next guy up. It's his turn to set the market. So with all of this talk about Lamar Jackson and guaranteed contracts, I wonder if Joe Burrow and and um, uh, Trevor Lawrence's agent is sitting around saying, All right, let's see how this plays out. Or will they use the same tactics and say, well, Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed contract what would the ramifications be for the Jaguars if they get put in this position? Again, a way to not get put in this position is to extend them early. And I am not making this up that I talked to someone who is, has been in the league for a long time. And they said, this is the year that you probably want to start at least having those discussions. So what would that be like? What would it be about? Would it be about guaranteed money? Would it be about, just securing his future would it be about trevor saying look give me a good 
complimentary deal to the deals that have already been done, but we can structure this so we can help the rest of the team out. And people are going to always point to Tom Brady, who's the GOAT, and say, look what he did. Brady also made a boatload of money off of the field, though. So it's going to be real, real interesting. And it's something that I, I don't necessarily have the answer to, but I think it's something that you'll start hearing the Jacks, the, 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 the fans and, and, and the Jaguars actually talk about here uh, in 2023 where you'll probably see something get done. I would say probably in the later half of this year, you're going to start hearing that the Jaguars are, are, are talking to Trevor Lawrence about uh, getting a, an extension done early. So it'll be two years early. And I think it, I think the way this works is that the new contract or the new deal doesn't take place until the old one runs out. But in this case, they wouldn't need the fifth year option. And, you know, and I don't even know if it's time for them to determine whether they – when, I think it's early next year is when they do that. But if you give them an extension, it, it it starts, but you continue with the deal as it is, but you just give them a whole bunch of money at signing and guarantee a bunch of money at signing. And I even heard somebody say that they could actually make the amortization of and the stretch out of the bonus and the guaranteed money that they could just put it in his pocket now and just start making that count towards the future. And you, if you look on all of these sites that tell you about salary cap space, the Jaguars have $289 billion, billion of salary cap space in 2024 and 26. So I think you get it done now. And I think it looks like Trevor Lawrence is the highest paid player in the league or in league history the moment it gets done. We'll talk more about that. In just a second here on Locked on Jaguars, after I let you know about today's sponsor, today's sponsor is FanDuel. And FanDuel is where you need to be right now. The Final Four is this weekend. And let me tell you something, man, it is off the chain. The tournament is heated up to almost to finality, so there's no better place to get the action right now than FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which teams will be cutting down the net, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. And we welcome you here to Locked On Jaguars in segment two, where it's your team every day. And we thank you for your first listen and making us your first listen here on Locked On Jaguars. A lot of talk about the quarterback position and, and Trevor Lawrence being a guy that would make Jacksonville a destination place. You would think that a guy who had been here before since the Jaguars have now started winning and there's so much love. Remember the Baltimore Ravens game where they stopped the game and did a, a video tribute to Calais Campbell and he was acknowledged. They talked to him since uh, he was cut by the Ravens recently. And as recently as the other day when Trent Baalke was at the uh, owners meetings, there was just this positivity that, hey, we'll let him do his visits. And then, you know, we we'll all sit down after the visits are over. But there won't be any sitting down because he went to one of those stops and I, he got signed. He got signed by the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons have agreed to a deal with Calais Campbell on a one-year deal. And 
folks can frame it how they want to frame it, talking about his age and it doesn't make that much of a difference. And of course, their season doesn't depend on a 37-year-old defensive lineman who's going to be a backup. But a, a, the organization had everything working in their favor to land him, and he chose a team that didn't even make the playoffs last year. He chose a team that the Jaguars actually beat. So, I, I, did they beat them this year? Or did they, they played them two years ago. I don't think they won, but the the thinking that you go to a team without a quarterback instead of a team with a quarterback that you go to a team that didn't make the playoffs over a team that actually did make the playoffs and Calais probably has a boatload of money so you wonder what the decision making process or what the deciding factors were in him not coming back it could be just he wanted to play in Atlanta and potentially live in Atlanta forever it is it's possible that he has a good relationship maybe with Grady Jarrett or I don't know I'm, I'm just throwing things out there as to why you would choose it sounds weird to go play in Atlanta over coming back to Jacksonville is this not the destination place that we thought it was and is it more to it when it comes to does everybody love your city the way you do? I don't know if everybody loves Jacksonville the way that I love Jacksonville or the way that uh, the faithful 50,000 fans love Jacksonville, but I thought this was a home run or a slam dunk. Could it have been money? Could it have been uh, the role he's going to play? Did someone sell him a better uh, on a better uh, choice? Then those who were doing the selling for the Jaguars, is it a gut feeling? I would really, really like to hear why he chose to go to Atlanta instead of coming back to Jacksonville where he is beloved. And now the team is a lot better to try to you know help this club make a second run. I heard Josh Allen was busy. Who Josh Allen, who we'll talk about in segment three. I heard he got busy and made it clear to Calais that he wanted him to come back. And Josh had his best year when Calais was here um, on the team. Obviously, he would have come back in a different role. But let's not kid ourselves here. It's like a slap in the face when somebody chooses to go to Atlanta. Not the city, because the city is fabulous in terms of entertainment. But when Calais Campbell decides, no, I'd rather go there than go back to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's in a better situation. And Claire's has, like I say, he's made all his money his entire career. It still stings a little bit. And anybody that's saying it's no big deal, yeah. You could probably check their social media when uh, a recruit chooses to go somewhere other than their favorite college team. They say, yeah, we didn't want him anyway. If the Jags didn't want Claire's Campbell, they wouldn't have talked to him. They didn't get somebody that they wanted. They may not have even prioritized him uh, the way we think they should. And maybe Atlanta did. And if that's the issue, then we need to look at that and say, why not? Because the biggest need on this team is pass rush. I'm not saying that Calais is going to come in here and get double-digit sacks again, but if he could have came in here and got four and a half, five sacks on in limited snaps on third down, well, that's just four and a half, five sacks that – they don't currently have on the roster right now. And I was just imagining him working with those guys after practice. The way I used to see him working with 
Josh Allen after practice. I can imagine him being a serious mentor to Trevon Walker while Trayvon tries to improve. But here we are, and there's still guys out there. But to me, Calais Campbell was an absolute monster of a fit with a young locker room and could have actually helped them on the field a little bit. Maybe the Jaguars are saying, you know what? We don't need to go down memory road. We just need to move forward. And that's the case, why you bring him in here in the first place, right? You can shape it any way you want. The bottom line is this. They got beat out by somebody they shouldn't, they, by a team that they shouldn't have been beat out for. When you're talking about that, that person and his history with this ball club and where the Jaguars are and where Atlanta is right now. It's disheartening. It is. You can't win when all of the things, everything that folks talk about as being the things that entice players. You mean to tell me you can't, you can't win when you have a head start or when you uh, clearly should have an advantage. I'll tell you something that does trouble me a little bit, and I'm finally going to admit it. And it doesn't have anything to do with Trayvon Walker being picked number one over uh, Aiden Hutchinson. That's not where I'm going. There's no regret here. I am troubled that when you have Josh Allen, who they love enough to give a fifth-year option, and they rave about him. When you have Trayvon Walker, one was picked seventh overall, one was picked number one overall. And when you ask the coach at the owners' meeting what is his, what's the priority and what's the the major need they, the thing they need to improve on, and the first thing he says is pass rush. Well, the math ain't mathing, so. We, we got to go over that, too, and we'll talk about that in just a second here in the third and final segment on Locked on Jaguars. All right, segment three here on Locked on Jaguars. Uh, make, making us your first listen is the best thing, and we thank you for that here because it's your team every day. Make your second listen Locked on NFL Scouting with Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Had an interesting question about those guys. They – they were trying to pronounce chocolate the correct way, and I don't think I pronounced chocolate the way either one of those, the two options they gave us, how they pronounce chocolate. But I tell you what, I love their football evaluations, and you will too because they'll give it to you like you can't get it anywhere else. Locked on NFL scouting with Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino of Draft Dudes, and it's a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you make it your second listen every single day. Um they might be able to tell you who the Jaguars could target uh, as an edge rusher to help this franchise fix their number one priority because that is the number one priority edge rusher and nickel. They have used so many resources on their defense and they've spent a lot of money on their offense. This is the team building part. And this is the part where allocution kind of goes wrong the way that you or, or allocation, the way that they've, use their resources and their funds. You can't use priority resources, first round picks, top seven picks on two guys and then have them both on your roster and at some point say that you're hurting in pass rush. That means someone either hurting evaluations or did the evaluations incorrectly. And it was two different staffs, by the way. And if so, then you wonder why did they give Josh Allen his fifth year option and why didn't they go more aggressively after another pass rusher and just move on from Josh Allen? And the reason why I pointed Josh Allen out is because of this. This is the thing that got me in trouble with a lot of people. And, and folks thought it didn't make any sense when I kept saying trade 41, trade 41, trade 41. Because you're in a no, you're in no man's land here. 
when you love the two guys that you have that start, but pass rush is the number one weakness on the team. Kind of doesn't go together, right? When I say the math ain't mathing. So, and I know you can say, well, the rush is more about more than the guys that start. And the reason why I go harder on Josh, because Josh has been here a lot longer. And, you know, with Trayvon, we can just say, okay, I don't ever judge rookies by one year. I probably judge Caleb Von Chase on by one year, about four or five games. But that's that's my fault. I probably shouldn't do that either, even though I think I was right. The thing is, is I didn't want them stuck in Never Never Land. And that's where they are. Like, they're too good. The guys that they have, they like them enough that they're not really going to go and spend the money that's necessary to get a guy that's a surefire replacement. I keep hearing the name Frank Clark come up, and I'm thinking, why would Frank Clark come here and not start? Last year, I was going back and forth with someone about Brian Burns at the, at the trade deadline, and I'm like, okay, if you go with Brian Burns, Brian Burns is a hell of a pass rusher, right? Uh, who, who's, who's sitting down? Because ain't no reason you got a guy that's going to be your fifth-year option and he doesn't play and he doesn't start. And and folks say, well, starting really doesn't matter. This ain't basketball. Starting does matter. You don't pay a guy a bunch of money. And when the first snap of the side of the ball that he's on is on defense, you don't pay a guy a lot of money and, and he's not out there on the very first play. Well, he's a situational guy. You don't pay a situational guy a bunch of money. You don't use the first overall pick on a guy and then halfway through the year at the trade deadline, trade for a guy, trade two first round picks for another guy that you're going to have to give $100 million to and have nowhere to play him. Well, play Trayvon inside. Okay, you play Trayvon inside. Now you become a little bit smaller on the interior of a 3-4. So the question is, what do you do? Does that mean you you pick the guy at number one to play the four and five technique positions on your line, which doesn't allow for him to really just flat out dominate people. Do you play him at three technique? Well, you can't really do that either because you just gave a three or $30 million extension to the dude that's supposed to man that position. This is why I kept saying they got to do something. They got to do something. They can't do this. And when I, and when I spoke, last year about cam robinson i said let him go ride with taylor and walk a little so i always try to i try what i try to do is is head off extend taylor let him go don't franchise tag him let him hit the market doug peterson's first year here that that almost would have been unfair and then you wanted to see what coach rousher could do with those guys but trent balky has been here the whole time and he's the gm and he has to make tough decisions Basically, you lose uh, Jawan Taylor. Cam's coming off of an injury. They're still talking about Walker Little potentially playing guard and then them drafting a tackle. Remember that little analogy? If anybody's been here with me a long time where I talked about building a house and I said you get the foundation and then you start to see elevation and then eventually you get a roof. If you just keep replacing people, you that you never really build up anything you just go back and try to redo something and 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 spin it back and when they want to run it back do they really want to run it back and be nine and eight again or do they want to go further it's troubling it's troubling to me that their number one need is is where they picked two guys in the top seven what it means is trayvon walker's got to play better i don't 
ain't gonna hold no, you know, hold, ain't gonna hold my tongue. He has to play better. They were helped out last year a lot by Arden Key. He's gone now. He's he's the Tennessee Titan. Trayvon has to play better. Me at this point saying Josh Allen has to play better. I've been saying that for three years. So I'm not going to keep saying that over and over again. Josh Allen is what he is. They they need Trayvon Walker to play better. Josh Allen, in my opinion, is a number two pass rusher, not a number one. And that's problematic. Now, folks will point to pressure, pressure rate, and tell me how high he was last year. Look at the fact that he had seven sacks. I'll tell you what the coach said when he was asked what the number one concern is for the team. Pass rush. One of those guys got to get better. Josh has to show something he has never shown. or He showed it as a rookie. hadn't shown it since. Or Trayvon really does have to be that dude that gets people. It's not about stats. It's about getting people off the field when you need to. It's about knowing that guys aren't going to have all day back there to throw the football. And it's about knowing that you actually have that ability to do that. They got to get better at pass rush. They got all of this money and all of these resources. And if they re-sign Josh Allen, they got all of this money and all of these resources aimed at that one position. And that's not what they're good at. It's just that the math ain't math. And there's no other way to, 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 to say so what do they do use the 24th pick on a dude that they hope is the eventual replacement to josh allen and if he shows that this year then they just let josh allen walk and get a compensatory pick for him it's possible do they think jordan uh smith uh, they're going to give him a shot the former fourth round pick he's healthy they're going to give him a shot to and because they know where he was at the time he got hurt last year during training camp and they were probably okay with his progress at that point i heard they're going to uh, work hard to try to reach something uh, resign and, and work out something with dewan schmoot but he's coming off an injury so yeah at some point this team has to they don't have to fess up but at some point, they're going to have to really make us understand or make it all make sense that where they've used a lot of resources, those dudes ain't, ain't, ain't getting the job done. It's what they said. I'm a perfect, you know, I'm always going to just say, hey, I'm going to take your words and I'm going to, uh, and I'm going to not try to use them against you, but it, it validates the point that I kept saying over and over again. Just move on, man. Just get somebody else. I don't know. We'll see what the draft does, but that means that the only way they're going to get pass rush help is to go out and get a veteran. They swung and missed already on one. It could have helped them do that. The only, the other way is through the draft in one of those first two rounds. If I, if they're, if they're guilty of anything and something I'll give them credit for, the Jaguars are extremely careful and cautious when it comes to, now that they won some games, they look to be extremely careful and cautious to not screw that up and to just slowly build things and keep what we have. We, we, you know, it's almost the bird in the hand theory. They got a bird in the hand, right? So we know what we got. We got Trevor Lawrence. We just added Calvin Ridley. Get everybody healthy and, and go out and we can, we feel like we can play with anybody. Well, that's cool. That's cool. That's fine. 
the AFC has gotten stronger. And it looks like if all of this stuff goes down with the Jets, they're going to be even stronger. Miami's strong. The Patriots are always going to be hanging around and give you fits. Buffalo is a real good team. Cincinnati. Pittsburgh is improving, believe it or not. It's, it's a strong league, man. I ain't mentioned the Chiefs yet. I don't want the Jaguars to blow this opportunity that they have. They've taken over the AFC South. I don't want them to blow it because they're scared. I don't want them to blow it because they're they're being overly cautious. I don't mind them being judicious and sound in everything that they do. I just hope I just hope it ain't about a likability thing. Like they like these guys and they like their group and they're kind of afraid to turn things over a little bit. I don't know, man. We'll see. But all of these questions are good. Just a quick recap. Trevor Lawrence and his contract extension. The possibilities that it happens this year. I think he gets a long-term deal before uh, Lamar Jackson does. Hold that. Hold that. Hold me to that. Clayus Campbell goes to the A, what it means for Jacksonville. Not too much other than the fact that they can't close the deal when they have an advantage. And then uh, the perplexing issue of pass rush being the biggest priority out of the coach's mouth. And they already used a whole bunch of resources for the pass rush and it still needs to be fixed. Those, those are issues. Those are all issues that they need to resolve and, and we need to continue to have these discussions because we'll figure it out together. I don't have all the answers for you, but at least you now know what I've been thinking about today. All right, man. So we I meant to have uh, a guest on today uh, from Locked On NFL Draft. I overslept and I shot past. It's something that I promised you yesterday. And the reason I'm mentioning it to you is because, well... I promised you yesterday, right? But full-time Dame, uh, we're going to try to get that hooked up another day, and I hope I won't oversleep. Full transparency, I take very, very powerful pain medicine in order for me to get rest. I had some injections yesterday in my back, and I was adjusting a little bit. But if you saw me yesterday, you saw this big IV thing I had on my hand. That's because I had just gotten back from the doctor. So sometimes... Getting comfortable at first, at those first day or two after uh, I get those shots, I, I can't regulate my sleep. So I overslept, and I'm sorry, but we'll hit full time Dane on here to make sure he talks full time. Uh, some dra- make sure he talks full time to make sure he talks some draft and prospects, mainly offensive linemen, edge guys, and corners. I want I want to go through that with him because he does uh, a wonderful, wonderful job. But we'll get it done, and I'll have that for you next week. Until then, you guys make sure you take care of each other, and we'll be back up tomorrow for another edition of Locked on Jaguars.